0: the GAUCHO podcast episode 137 listeners ciao thanks for tuning in e ce l'abbiamo fatta we did it people we fucking did it
1: we did it
0: i told you motherfuckers we were gonna do it and we did it it's a long overdue episode i feel like we should probably just retire the podcast at this point because this is the highest point that we're ever gonna attain (laughs) Surely, right? Like, I oh man, uh, I don't listen. We have so much to talk about, and I've had a long time to sit on it and think about the tournament and reflect on what it meant, and just let it all sink in because it took a while before it did sink in. And uh, look, <laughs> I I I don't know. This is this is a weird one because I don't usually get. Deep and emotional on the pod, but the last month, month and a half uh, since the Euro started, there have been numerous times when when I have taken a little bit more of a serious tone with you guys, and uh, I, I don't necessarily want to do that throughout this pod, but I, I just I think it's indicative of the fact that this team has made us feel something that we were craving because we haven't felt it for a very long time, and. They've done our people so proud and th- that's one of the most meaningful things that y- you can get out of football um, and that you only get out of international football. It's what makes international football the best thing in all of sport, possibly one of the best things on earth. Point blank period, just in terms of the emotion that it makes people feel. It's just this weird, raw, tribal thing that you feel when your team does well because in a lot of ways, guys on the field are playing through you. Anyway, look that's a really fucking corny metaphor. I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too fucking emotional here. I mean, it's been an emotional enough week as it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off the deep end and, and start talking about the existential meaning of what international football is. Let's just leave it at this. They did us proud. Mancini deserves a whole lot of praise and we're gonna praise him this episode. And there is, listen, it, it's, been, it's been a while since we won the tournament. Now it's been like a week and a half, so, so the news is already moving on. But we're not even going to touch that this episode. We're just going to look back at the tournament and, and a few observations. And I, I don't know, hopefully I'll make you guys laugh along the way as usual. Hopefully you guys will be entertained. But look, this is really just me kind of trying to make sense of everything that happened uh, out loud in ways that I haven't yet. So I hope you enjoy, I hope you stick along for the ride And I hope you sing along with me Because now we're going to throw it over to Umberto For the last time in a while Possibly the last time ever, I don't know We'll we'll, we'll see, but we, we we need to sing We need to sing, I said we would do it If we won, until we won, and we fucking did it So here we go, people, we're fucking champions of Europe I campioni dell'Europa siamo noi Now without further ado, sit back, relax And enjoy this 137th celebratory episode Let's get into it, baby, Umberto, take it away Die. Let's go! let's go folks turn it up baby
1: ce l'abbiamo fatta regà
0: aspetto gloria
1: gloria
0: chiesa di campagna gloria acqua nel deserto Oh man, <laughs> let's go baby, oh man, this song gets me so fired up, even a fucking week and a half later, I think it always will, oh, fade it out man, oh man, holy shit, listeners, welcome to episode number 137 of the cultural podcast, Sam Adamo coming at you, a champion of Europe, Uh, Samadamo I know I wasn't on the pitch But that's kind of the point of this right That's kind of the whole point of having national affiliation To a certain team Is that when you win Or when they win It's like you won Right They're just your ambassadors Playing through you Or you are playing through them Yeah You are playing through them That was me on the field That was all of us That was all of us Played through them And Roberto Mancini The conductor Of That glorious Symphony Which was Euro 2020 in 2021. I mean, look, there's so much to love about this team. There was always so much to love about this team. And having had the chance to see the curtain pulled back now over the last week and see some video from inside the changing room and see that uh, Rai Uno documentary uh, which followed them throughout the tournament chronicling their, uh, their, their, their triumphs. You could see that there was there was a lot to be proud of about this team um, in terms of who they are, in addition to how they played, but also just the fact that they're just they're just the biggest fucking wops ever. They're, fucking, they're they they totally fit the bill of how other people view Italians in Italy. It is perfect. I mean, just 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 singing singing about food and stuff, <laughs> singing about polpette and cotolette and um and 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 just being being a super emotional bunch. Man, what what a what a great group, what a great team, what a great tournament, what a month. It's good to be back. I missed podcasting big time. So, listen, I think an apology is in order. It's been it's been a pretty extended gap here between podcasts, between the podcast after the semifinal just before the final and now the championship podcast. Man, that feels good to say. Um I fucking suck, I know. You know, I give you guys, what, like seven podcasts in, in, in a month, seven, eight podcasts in a month. And then when we get to the final hurdle, boom, I just I just fall off the fucking, fall off the wagon and uh, and uh, drop the ball and don't record for, for several days. But th- there's a reason for that, and that is that I needed to fully process everything that happened. Because I wasn't in a mental place to do so, I was just too. I was too emotional. Honestly, I. I mean, I, I broke down and cried after we won that final. I. I mean, I kind of like. I, I kind of jumped up for joy, but then I just immediately kind of collapsed, and I don't know. I rode that feeling for several days, man. I, I don't know what. I, I. I don't know. Beneath beneath the satire and the sarcasm and the. The shit talking, I guess, lies a lies a human being, I guess, lies a troubled soul who who just wanted, <laughs> who, who who wanted who wanted us to win, who wanted to see Italy win, to make sense of the world, and, and and all the, you know, and 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 make everything feel better. I I don't even know. I I just I hadn't thought about the the importance of the victory until several days after we won. Like I was not really processing it because for several days it didn't feel real it hadn't sank in and then when it did I needed to gather my thoughts as to what happened on you know on on a technical level and on a tactical level and just to think back about some of the stupid shit that might have happened that would be worth discussing on pod but here we are at long last yeah we're going on almost two weeks here um by the time this is up it'll be basically thursday the 22nd of july 2021 uh wherever you are in the world so i I, look i i I do apologize for not having gotten the pot out sooner but like i'm gonna be honest with you guys i was not in a I was not in a headspace. I was not in the headspace. I was not in a position to, to, to fucking do this podcast a week ago. I was not. Like, the first five days after the tournament, after we won, like, forget it. I was I was out of order. My brain was fried. My brain was in a pretzel. I still hadn't fully processed everything that was happening, that everything that had happened, everything that was still happening in terms of celebrations and stuff. Like, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. And I, I probably could have done it, but uh, I don't know. I, I just wanted to enjoy it and kind of let it sink in. And I think there's a certain level of like
1: uh,
0: of, of of disbelief that will always be there um, for, for for a little while anyway. Um, like rewatching the penalty shootout, rewatching highlights, it still feels very fresh in a lot of ways. I, so I don't I don't think that's going to change. But I, I don't know my, where my head was at. I just couldn't quite sit down and 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 make sense of it in a way that wouldn't have just led to me saying. This is this is amazing. This is the best thing. I probably just would have. I would have been like 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 some some guy some guy in love for the first time. I would have just been like, ah, oh, isn't this amazing? This is just the best feeling. This is just amazing. I, I can't. This is. Just, I, I can't even describe it. It's just. He's the best. She's the best. He's the best. He's the best. There's whatever. Whatever. Whichever way you go. Like I, I don't know I I don't think I would have had anything coherent to say. I needed to sit on it and and just let my thoughts sink in and, and and here we are now man and and let, let's just say it we were the best team in the whole tournament. The better team won. I don't even know how many how many games are we up to now without having lost 34 35. We don't look like we're going to lose for a very long time, you know. Of course I probably just jinxed it and the whole the whole team is going to wind up coming back like hung over and overweight to the World Cup qualifiers in in a, a little over a month and we're gonna drop a game to like fucking Bulgaria or whoever we're playing Lithuania I don't even know but look th- th- this team feels like it's gonna be weird to be analytical about this team um, uh, but 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 I will do that for you guys here now look I think I think this is a team that can definitely go on to win something else that's what's crazy if we don't that's okay. But it definitely feels like by all accounts and purposes, Italy are back. And, you know, I, I know that's cliche. It sounds cliche, but we really are in a lot of ways. Because for a long time, you know, for a period of maybe, what, overall, like maybe 30 years, you know, maybe like the late seven, the mid 70s to the mid 2000s. We were always a contender in pretty much every tournament that we participated in that I could think of. I know there were moments, like I know Euro 2004 was a little bit of a was a little bit of a lull, and you know we went out in the quarterfinals, I think, of, of Euro 2008. But, but overall, we've always been a team who's had players and managers and, and 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 been able to play a certain way that have propelled us to winning tournaments, making finals, or making semifinals, and always being competitive. Now. When you're a team like we are now, or when you're a team when you're a team like that, I should say, okay. When you're a team like that, who is who is elite consistently and always churning out uh, top players, and, and who has a very competitive domestic league, you're always going to be kind of in the race. You know what I mean? You, you'll fall at the hur- you'll fall at the last hurdle sometimes, but you'll always be in the race. But then for a period of maybe about ten years, like the past decade, that hasn't felt the case anymore, and it's weird because in 2012 we still made the final of the Euro. But, you know, that was on the back of having not gotten out of our group in the World Cup. And then we replicated that same performance in 2014 only to have fucking... I can't even believe I'm saying his name. Just, he who shall not be named, the donkey, take over in 2016 and lead us to... Uh, lead us to nothing, really. Lead us to fucking hell. Lead us to not qualifying for the World Cup in 2018. I mean, th- there, were th- there were three consecutive World Cup cycles where... The shit was not going our way. So I know that sandwiched in between those were a couple of impressive performances in the Euro, but overall, it didn't feel like Italy were, although you would always kind of back us to maybe go on a run because it's Italy, you know, especially people who didn't watch a lot of Italian football, right? They would just say, they would just kind of fall back on those same takes. Like, oh, you know, Italy are, 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 are a great defensive team and, you know, they, they, oh, they, they've they got Bonucci, Chiellini, you know, they, they, they'll play very, very, very very solid at the back and all the shit that you would basically always hear, right, about Italy, all these ideas that were kind of deeply ingrained into people's minds about Italy. Like, because of that, I think it was always assumed that we would be dangerous. No one on paper wanted to play us or no one off the basis of our reputation wanted to play against Italy. But let's be honest, Italy for a while didn't really strike fear into you like they did in 2006, in 2000, in 1994, in 1990, in 1982, in the 1970s, whatever, right? As was tradition. There was a lull for a few years. And I think a big reason for that was Gian Ventura not taking full advantage of some of the younger crop of kids. Fuck, I just said his name. I was, spo- what, excuse me. He who shall not be named. Maybe I should, should I bleep it out? Maybe I should. Nah, that's fine. This is what it is. It's done. I'm not going back now. Fuck it, let's own it, Giampiero Ventura. Giampiero Ventura did not use a lot of the young players that were at his disposal. There was also a little bit of a transitional period, I think, between like some of the kids coming up and some of the old guard. He held on. He shouldn't have. His stubbornness cost us big time. And and I don't know. Like it, it was it was just a very dry period in time. And it, verbal meme, you know. Donkey Ventura juxtaposed with Roberto Mancini. Fucking ripped full head of hair, uh you know, play played the game at a top level, won the scudetto, won everywhere he's been as a manager. Juxtapose Donkey Ventura with Roberto Mancini caption you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. I mean in walks this 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 Adonis of a of a man. This beautifully elegant dude who who speaks so eloquently and uh, that was another thing about Ventura. I can't believe we're talking about him so fucking much on the on, uh, on an episode that I, I guess it's the trauma, the PTSD of of, of that era, b- kind of just all being exercised over the last week is 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 leading me to think about him more than I normally would. But let's not forget that guy spoke like a weirdo. He spoke like a real weirdo. Like yo penso di aver fatto quello che dobbiamo fare. He was so he was so weird. I don't even know. I don't even think that was a I don't even think that was a regional accent. I think that was just that was just him being. Him being a weirdo, I don't know. You probably get away with it in Italy a little bit because you have so many different regional accents, so many different provincial accents that people don't even... People just assume that the way you speak is the way that everyone in your town speaks. Maybe it is, I don't know. But I, I would suspect not. Either way, so you got this eloquent guy, like Roberto Mancini coming in, who in a lot of ways was one of the best Italian managers available at the time, which is weird because it's atypical that you'll get a younger manager... Um, or a manager in their prime, come in to manage the national team. But he saw us in a time of need, and he he didn't... For, for, first of all, he turned down more money than he could have been making at Zenit St. Petersburg, where he was managing. And he probably could have, you know, continued to manage there for a little while. And I guess in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a pretty cushy league, the Russian league, right? You know, he would have maybe got a couple of Serie A jobs down the pipeline if he wanted. He may have even got another couple of big jobs because of the fact that he had won before elsewhere with big clubs, but... know. he, he kinda threw all that aside and in a lot of ways put his name on the line and said, I'm gonna be in charge of this band of KO'd, down in the dumps, super demoralized players and and you know bring them up a level, bring them back to where I know they can be. And he built a team around Verratti and Jorginho and Barella in midfield. Which, for a couple of years now, has looked excellent, and it rode. You know, he rode it all the way out to the final. He he knew exactly how he wanted to play, and he he implemented it by by having a couple of mainstays and by surrounding the cast with or surrounding them with a with a very with a very deep ensemble cast who are capable of coming in and doing a job if necessary. And we, we saw that when Chiellini got injured during this tournament, and we saw it when Verratti was injured during the tournament, and Locatelli younger player who was brought into the fray uh, recently who wouldn't have even been at the tournament a year ago score two goals right let's uh, look let's, let's 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 be honest if this tournament was a year ago I don't know that we would have I don't know that we would have won we definitely would have been competitive I think that's pretty clear but you know Pessina wouldn't have been in the team Locatelli wouldn't have been in the team Raspadori definitely wouldn't have been in the team I mean he didn't really make a huge difference and, and listen Lorenzo Pellegrini would have been in the team instead, probably, right? Maybe he doesn't get injured. Maybe Sensi gets in, maybe he doesn't get injured, right? I it's very I'm not saying we wouldn't have had a competitive team a year ago. I think we 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 certainly would have had a very similar team, but it wouldn't have been this exact group. And this exact group is the one that went and, and, and did that which they did. And then look it's so fucking cliche, but it really looks like they really look like a top group of guys, man. I don't know if you guys saw that Sonio Azzurro documentary that Rai Uno did but you, absu- you absolutely need to watch it. Download the Rai Play app if you're outside of Italy and and get on a VPN, a European VPN of some kind and watch it. It's an hour long. I don't know. You, you, you see the characters in that dressing room. Some of them are stars, starters, others aren't, right? You got Salvatore Sirigu who's bringing guys together. You've got Gianluca Vialli, who was a, a very important figure in the team, it seemed. and And I don't know. That's Roberto Mancini's guy. He said, I want him in the team. He's good. He will be good for for, for the group and for morale. And it's a job that Gigi Riva used to hold, I think, until like eight years ago. He's like chief of delegation. It's not even a technically, you know, football related role, but you're around the group. You're a champion. You know, he, he, he. Beat cancer, he beat pancreatic cancer. That's that's a, that's a motherfucker of a fucking disease, right? So he's a guy who's faced adversity professionally, personally, and you know, his word carries weight. It means something. And it meant something to them. What a beautiful moment too. My god. Like Vialli and Mancini just embracing thirty years after losing the, the European Cup at Wembley in like ninety two to Barcelona. Like thirty years later, reconquering Wembley. Lord, just what a beautiful story coming full circle like that. I mean, and 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 look, look, we won this fucking tournament without a striker. That's what's incredible. That's, that's what's unreal. Like I know Moby, Mubiele scored two goals in the first two games, but let's be honest,
1: I mean,
0: I'm not here to fucking lambaste anybody because every one of the players on the team played well overall on balance, and every one of them led to us winning this fucking title. So, so ten on ten for all of them. They're they're all heroes of the week, obviously obviously but like chino immobile definitely is not what you think of in terms of a prototypical um like number nine you know what i mean he doesn't lead the line on his own at lazio and he was kind of expected to in some ways with us but like not really because he kind of it was understood that he's not the guy that's going to be a big center forward type target man who's gonna who's gonna body guys and 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 I don't know, create his own chances in the box. He kind of needs to get sent through and finishes by slotting the ball in a lot of the time. Sometimes he picks up trash, but he's not a big hold-up guy. You know, and Andrea Belotti is, but he he, he isn't quite as prolific. Um, I, I don't know. Look, the, the, the point is they they we made it work with, with the guys we had. We made it work with the guys we had, and we relied on the offensive ability of Chiesa Berardi and Insigne um when we lacked that you know that 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 world class number nine down the middle. And in some ways, I mean I don't know, I you know again, I don't want to shit on the guy, but I don't know that immobile is world class. And I know he won a you know, I know he won a golden a golden ball a couple of years ago. Or was it a go- excuse me, the golden boot, you know, most goals in Europe. But again, he he, he seem he seemed to in some bigger games down the line, I mean when we might have when you might have hoped he'd get a big goal he, he sort of struggled to get in the game sometimes and, and hold up the ball. and But you know what? It didn't cost us. It didn't cost us. It worked in some weird way. you know He was able to kind of create some space for, for wingers to run into, particularly in that Spain game when I got that goal. Um, no complaints from anyone. I'm not shitting on Immobile I, 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 I like the guy. I do. Um, and I think he should stay in the team. I think he will for a while. It would be nice if we could have a bonafide like, stud number nine. I wonder who that would be. You know, I don't know. I'm not gonna hold out hope for Moiskeen. I'm not even sure if is gonna get into this team at any anytime soon. I'm fucking serious about that. I think Raspadori has the edge right now. And if he continues to score in Serie A, I don't see why he wouldn't be getting you know, wouldn't be getting more of a chance than 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 Moise Keane. I, I don't know, man. I, I it's hard to predict the future. and we're not about doing that right now. Let's just let's just let's just kind of acknowledge the fact that we won this goddamn tournament without a center forward because Mangini knew the players he had, he knew how he had to play, and he was able to kind of find this, this alternative way of playing through the fullbacks and wingers, combining dangerously out wide and having the center midfielders just try to control the tempo of games and slowly work the ball into the box Instead of try to play, you know, directly through our center forward. Listen, I- Immobile was offside a lot as well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It meant he was making those runs. If he, you know, it's it's harder to get away with, with shit now with VAR. But if, you know, a run is timed a little bit differently or if a pass comes a little bit sooner, maybe he gets another one of those goals that he tends to get at Lazio in through the back, snuck in and, and, and you know, professionally finished. So So, again... Over, overall, it has to be said, the way that we played worked. It was the most entertaining to watch, which is very atypical of international football. And look, it, a lot of people thought that England and Italy were the two most deserving teams of being in the final, which I agree with. I agree with. But look, if you'd watched either team going into this game, you'd have surely thought that Italy were favorites, right? I mean play that game another thousand fucking times. I don't know how many times England are winning that game. And actually, Claudio Marchisio came out. Oh, God, you gotta love, you gotta love, <laughs> you gotta love the English, man. You gotta love people, you gotta love people who are just so, honestly, one of, one, of the, one of my favorite things, it's not fun when it's your team who gets screwed, okay? I, I, I point, I point to, I will point you back in the direction of uh, the 2018 Champions League quarterfinal when Gianluigi Buffon got sent off Against Real Madrid, um, and called uh, was it Michael Oliver the referee called him uh, called him a, he, he he didn't call him a garbage pail but he said he I think he said he had a garbage pail for a heart right we've talked about this on the pod a number of times right because you UV fan. I remember thinking how scandalous it was after the fact, but like even though in reality you you, you kind of understand why the penalty was given, and and you know you kind of understand why Gigi was sent off. It was just it went against the narrative, right? Likewise, you have a bunch of English people that were so pissed off because Bukayo Saka at the end of the second half of extra time might have had a chance to go in, you know, with a lot of space behind the defensive line. After Chiellini made his probably one big mistake of the game and kind of misjudged a ball that was going out for offside, and did that fa- that that now what will we'll go down is a famous that, that that shirt grab, you know, just wanted to check the fucking tag, just check the fucking tag of the shirt, and just got a yellow card, right? Because it was a professional foul. He knew exactly where he was. It was beautifully executed. Well, you you know, so you you, you saw a bunch of fucking. Obviously, a bunch of fans were, were, were in hysteria. They were totally they were totally in disbelief about the fact that that wasn't given as a red, and they created a fucking, I don't know, some petition or a go-fund. I don't goddamn know what. Change.org. They created some petition to replay the final, which is hilarious. It's never going to work, obviously. Obviously. But uh, Claudio Marquisio saw it and said, play that final another thousand times, and we'll win We'll win each one. Let's replay the game. I don't give a shit. Which, which you know what? I mean, is shocking to me because I didn't think I could love the guy anymore than I already did. But like he's right, he's right. Going into that game, nobody might have thought that England would dominate the game, right? I mean, maybe people might have thought that England would nick it, right? If they got a bit lucky and kind of utilized the fact they had home they had home field advantage. But the reality is, they were always going to be up against it if they were going to play two pivots against that midfield three who can hold the ball so well you know rice and phillips were not going to be the antidote to verratti and Jorginho and barella and, and especially verratti and giorginio and the way they hold the ball verratti had a i mean i thought it was a verratti masterclass in a lot of ways and a couple of times i just had this 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 moment of lucidity like live during the game as i was watching i was like oh my god like like everything is going through him. Everything he's controlling the tempo of the game. He's dictating where the ball's getting. You know when the ball would get switched. Or he was dictating whether we were going forward or not. When we had the ball in their half, it was all going through Marco Verratti. He was deciding whether or not we were playing through one side or another. If we were switching play, anyway, it was it was a fantastic fucking game uh, from him. And overall, a fantastic tournament from Jorginho, who played basically every minute of every competitive game. And and man, I was very happy that Donnarumma got to to to, to have a beautiful moment to to you know make that save on, on Saka at the end of the game and win us the tournament. But let's be honest, and this is just how funny the world is. If Jorginho scores that penalty, he he's he's got to win the fucking Ballon d'Or. You you kidding me? Winning the Champions League with Chelsea, being a you know, a, a mainstay in that team, then going on to being a mainstay in the Italy team that won the European Championship. Kind of like Luka Modric was the common denominator in the Croatia team that made it to the final of the World Cup after winning the Champions League with Real Madrid a couple of years ago. You would have thought something similar might have happened because, you know, Jorginho scored the winner against against Spain. And, I mean, look, look Jorginho's goal against Spain was no more valuable than Federico Bernardeschi's or, or, or Andrea Bellotti's. But it was the winner, right? So if he had gotten the winner of the tournament as well, I mean, come on, just optically everything shifts. Like nobody's mad if you give him the Balon dog at that point. Unfortunately, he misses it, so I bet you he doesn't win it for that reason alone. Um, he'll probably you know he'll he'll be in the among the top players in final voting. But I mean, what what a what a journey that guy had coming over from Brazil, uh, at, at, at a young at a younger age to to, to Italy and, and 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 basically getting adopted um not 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 legally but just um, figuratively italy adopted him as a son and you know he he was playing i mean it's a a story that not a lot of people know about i i only really kind of became reminded of it i guess i only was reminded of it i should say in the past couple of weeks i'd heard it before but a lot of the details weren't super clear to me but he, he apparently played in like Some 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 academy. It might have been the Hellas Verona academy, or it might have been elsewhere. But he was he was living in like a monastery by himself, and he had you know barely any barely any money to 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 scratch together. He was just working. All he had was his dream and his drive, and 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 I don't know. It's something beautiful about it, man. To to have risen to the heights that he has, and becoming a mainstay in in the Italy side, and 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 paying back the country that gave him so much, and. You know that 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 his that his, that his ancestors are from. I don't know. It's just, there's something beautiful about it. He's a beautiful player in a lot of ways, and he plays through the press so well. I, I fucking love Jorginho, man. But 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 look, all that to say. Come on, anyone that was saying that England were gonna, you know, play a better game than us, I, I thought was a pipe dream, just on the basis of the cast involved, and, you know, I I, I don't think anyone was surprised to see us dominate. I knew we would. I, I, I had the strongest feeling we would, and, and I was correct. Look, here's how I thought the game would go, and I don't... It's been so goddamn long. It's been almost two weeks since the last pod, which, by the way, is I understand is fucking criminal. Um, normally, like, in during fucking... <laughs> during the year, we'll go, like, a week between pods, and, 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 you know, generally. So I understand that, like, right after a fucking international tournament win, a lot of you guys wanted a pod ASAP, and a bunch of you guys reached out. I, I am sorry, truly, but... I, I I think I really do think it was for the best that we waited a little bit before, uh, before getting this up. All this to say, look, it's been two weeks since the last pod. I don't remember what I said exactly on pod, but I believe I said, and you can go back and quote me on this if you want. I'm not trying to be that fucking guy in the bar who wants to tell you to buy weed stocks or buy Facebook or... That this player should be transferred or that this player should be played in this position. Or, yeah, bro, I I, I told you, bro. You see, I said this was going to happen. I said that this was how they were going to play. And it, you see it happen. I'm not trying to be that. I'm not trying to be that guy. Okay? I'm not that guy. You know I'm not that guy. Having said that, I was right. I was totally right. You, you can go back and fucking call me out on this, I should say. If, if, if I'm not quoting myself correctly on this. But I think I said um, what I was saying to all my friends and anyone who asked me how I thought the game would go, in uh, in private, which was, I think England will get a couple of chances early. I think they'll you know be propelled by the fact they have the crowd on their back. They might get a couple of early counters. They might get a couple of early dangerous chances, you know. And then on a goal kick, Chiellini, Bonucci, and Donnarumma are gonna be like waving their hands in the air, saying "calma, calma," you know, or, or just yelling, yelling at you know Donnarumma might be yelling at a couple of defenders for not closing a guy down type of thing, saying "wake up." And then ultimately, I thought that we would dominate possession and dominate the game and take it to them. That's what I thought. I was right, except for the fact that that one chance that I thought England would get early led to a goal, like, in the first fucking minute. So, look, when that went in, I don't know about you guys, like, obviously very demoralizing, no shit, no fucking shit, Sam, thanks. But I don't know about you, but I thought, my first thought was... The classic, you know, this the same, this, the same, the same thing that every fucking Sunday league, every the same thing that anyone has ever was ever played football has said when you concede a goal early in the game, right? Be a youth level Sunday league, fucking professional. I don't give a shit. Everyone, everyone claps and says nil nil, nil nil, nil lads, nil nil. But look, I, so my, my immediate thought was that it was all right, a lot of game to play, right? But then immediately I thought mm, this feels a bit early. This feels early. And now look, it's easy to say in hindsight. Um, you know, we could have gone on to lose the game fucking 1-0 or 2-0 or 2-1. I would have said the same thing, which is that at the time, I thought to myself, and I said it out loud to the people I was watching with at uh, the bar. uh, I said, this feels too early. It feels like too much too soon. You know what I mean? They'd gotten another one early, I guess. You know, that might have been the game to bed. Right after that, eventually... Listen, the, the game in a lot of ways is kind of a blur, but I remember that eventually around... I, in my, my recollection of things was that like right after we kind of started taking the game to them, but by other people's accounts and what I've been reading, it was kind of more around the 30th minute that we started to take the game to them either way. Uh, eventually, not long after that goal was scored, let's say we began slowly coming into our own. And then by the time the second half had started, we had already kind of totally shifted the momentum of the match. We were waiting for a grade-A chance. And listen, to be fair to England, they defended pretty well. Like, they didn't let us work the ball into the box like we were trying to do. But they allowed a chance that led to a corner, which Bonucci scored off of. And I just want to give a a solo hero of the week shout-out to Leonardo Bonucci for a couple of reasons. He scored in the penalty shootout. He scored to tie the game up. He's been in the national team setup for the longest time, and he was with the donkey, and he was there in that game at San Siro when 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 we... You know, failed to beat Sweden I think he was he was certainly in the setup I don't I don't remember the exact lineup but I believe yeah he was he was in that team he was in that lineup and you know he's been in the the national team setup for a goddamn decade and I know he's a moron sometimes in some of the shit he says he says some of the most only in Italy shit ever and it's it's, I get that it's funny sometimes but and I know he's pissed off a lot of fans in Italy for for, for, you know having said certain shit and for playing for one club or another you know transferring from Juve to Milan and back to Juve but look well, one thing that's beautiful about the national team is you don't give a shit about any of that stuff. You don't care who somebody plays for, <laughs> and all the reasons that you normally hate that player because they because of how they play against your team, you start to love them for. You know, and I think everyone got to experience that a little bit with Bonucci. And then after the game, he was, you know, he was he was, he was taking the piss. He's so good. He's an A one shit disturber. He's saying "ancora dovete mangiare pasta asciuta, pasta asciuta. like. Or something, to the effect of like, like basically, they need to suck it, eat it, take this, take this, take this piece, and you guys need to eat more pasta, or something like <laughs> that. Something so stupid. And then, probably, you know, he he might have been drunk when this video was taken. I posted it on uh, our Instagram at Cultural Podcast if you want to check it out. But him and Jorginho with the trophy were just kind of like bobbing their heads side to side, going, It's coming, Rome, it's coming, Rome. And you know what? You, you, might, you, might under, you, you might be forgiven for thinking that he was drunk, but he probably wasn't. That's just Bonucci. Like that shit-eating grin on his face. Like, you motherfuckers, he's coming Rome. And then, and then there's that. I don't know. There's some... I think there's, there's, there's merit to getting so into a game that you want to talk shit to an opponent even as you're winning. You know what I mean? Like after you win... You still say, eat this dick. Eat this hell. You guys need to eat more pasta. Or Running up to the camera and saying, it's coming to Rome. It's coming to Rome. Which you guys surely would have all seen. That clip that went viral. Oh, man. It's just unreal. I got to say, though. I mean, the England team have done the nation a, a huge service. In that they've taught a, a young generation of English fans. About the disappointment that comes with supporting England. I mean, I was listening, to, I was I was dying, man. Bro, I was fucking dying. That morning, going to the bar with uh, with Paula and Mango, friend of the podcast, Mango, I just, I was losing my mind. We were listening to, I was comparing and contrasting the level of talk on uh, Rai, Rai Sport, and on Talk Sport in the UK. And on Talk Sport, it was just fucking, it was the most hilarious thing ever. They just had interviews with, and, and listen, International football is beautiful for us. It's beautiful for England too, right? It was nice to see that, you know, for the most part, it was nice to see the English come together. And I actually have a huge level of respect for English football. If we hadn't been in the final, I would have wanted England to win. I know that a lot of people can't understand why I would say that if they've been listening to the pod recently. You know, a lot of people can't fathom the idea of England winning a tournament because of how you know, uh, what's the word, like insupportable. They would become like I don't know. What's the fucking word, like? unbearable because of how unbearable they would become in the gloating and you know uh, I, I get all that but i don't actually have anything against england like i don't i don't hate them i i i, I really like english culture and um and uh, i don't know maybe i just i watch a lot of english fucking reality shows i, I watch a lot of love island and fucking geordie shore and shit and <laughs> And a lot of English YouTube when I was a kid, so maybe I developed an affinity for them through that and shit, and their street stuff. I don't know, but overall, I I don't know because they because I speak English and I think in English in my head. You know, obviously I speak French, I speak Italian. I could listen to Italian radio all day. I could listen to French TV. I could watch French TV and kind of follow like league are a little bit, but maybe because the Premier League is so global, and the fact that like English in a lot of ways is my is pretty much my first language, right? It's so nice to have a country in Europe with an elite football league that you can that you can follow along and that you can understand content from very easily. And um, you know, I know I'm not alone in that. I know there's a lot of people in North America and Australia and you know other parts of the world that 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 aren't of a certain aren't Italian like I am or Spanish or Portuguese, and you know, just. F- like the idea of being able to follow a league where they can, I guess, understand shit. I don't know. just Because of all that, I guess I've kind of become like in tune with the nuance of football in England. and I, I don't have any level of disdain for them, really. Like I think they're-, they're arrogant, obviously, and it's hilarious because going into the game, I thought, oh my God, like uh, it-, it could very well be coming home, but I don't think it is, and I think they will just eat another L like they always do, right, where they always fall at, at a crucial hurdle that's what I felt you know but I don't have anything against them to the point that I was like rooting against them because they're England I was rooting against them because they were playing against my country you know what I mean but uh so, so, so look I'm getting a little off topic here but my point is dude on TalkSport they're basically basically you, you, you got Jeff Jeff outside of Wembley Jeff uh who you got with you yeah oh alright I'm, I'm here with the Wright family from uh, Leicester um uh, I've got I've got Jim here with his wife uh, with his wife uh, Marnie and his two boys. Why don't you want to introduce the family? Yeah yeah yeah. I'm I'm here with my wife and me two boys. I'm here with uh, with uh, with John who's thirteen and with uh, with uh, with Michael who's uh, nine. Uh, and then the fucking interviewer turns to Michael and says, "Is it coming home, Michael?" He goes, "It's coming home, Jeff." <laughs> like the fucking poor kids, just getting just getting acclimatized to a lifetime of disappointment. Um following the English national team. Yeah, man. Oh man. The English were so fucking butthurt about it. Listen, how the hell have they won one tournament with the amount of shit that they talk? I mean, listen, we 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 won. <laughs> I'm gonna get on my high horse here. Fuck it. We won our first tournament in 15 years and it felt like it was a long time. You know? I broke down and wept when we won this tournament, man. You know, I've been craving this. And and I, I don't know. But, but but for some, and I get that for some listeners who are a little bit younger, right? You know, I know I'm not an old guy, but, you know, if you're 16, 17, 18, 20, listening to this pod, I don't know, like, like if, you, if you, let's say 19 and below, you know, you're kind of pushing any memory of of 2006 if you were even born at all, right? So in a lot of ways, this was your first tournament, and I'm sure a lot of you guys got emotional as well. Um, But, but like... You have to you have to remember man like in England it's not just it's, it wouldn't just be you who's experiencing this for the first time it's fu- it's fucking your father too uh, this, this this there's like two three generations of english fans who haven't experienced jack shit who 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 are seeing this for the first time who are seeing a final for the first time the level of frustration i mean you you can understand but man like what wh- what are you going to do italy were the best team in the fucking tournament point blank period we were the better team in the final. And, you know, yeah, it was on penalties, but we deserved to win. We did. Let's talk about penalties, man. Penalty Penalties make you feel alive. I was speaking to my grandmother before the game who was talking about how <laughs> – I don't know. She, she said something that stood with me. She was like, yeah, like watching the penalties against Spain. Like, I don't know. I just, I just felt so alive. And and she's right. You know, when you win a penalty shootout, there's some level of euphoria. That, I, I don't know. Like – some people everyone's different I've watched penalty shootouts before where I like celebrate every single time we score a goal and celebrate every single time one of their players missed and I did that against Spain but in this I don't know, for some weird reason like the the, the gravitas of the occasion m- made me almost just just curl up into my seat cross my arms and just look down like I've watched the penalties but every time a goal would go in or not, I wouldn't react. I was just fucking stone cold. And then when we won, when we won, I guess because of the, you know, although I wasn't letting it out, like because of the internal, the internal just fire, the emotions I was feeling, and 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 desperation, and and trying to trying to handle it all, and you know, when Belotti missed his penalty, when when or when Pickford saved Belotti's penalty, I should say, he miss it. But, failed to score when Bellotti failed to score his pen you know my heart sank and I thought fuck like we're we're really gonna lose this you know what I mean like I'm so while in like a 5 to 10 minute period you're you're managing all these emotions when it just when it when it ends and you win it's it's so euphoric it's more euphoric than if the whistle the final whistle blows and it's one nil. you know what I mean I think (laughs) honestly it'd be hard for me to it'd be hard for me to compare because I've only ever seen Italy win on penalties I'll take what we can get, but I don't know, man. There's something about penalties. A lot of people say it's cruel. They are, in a lot of ways. But man, is it satisfying when you win? And I got to say, Jijo Donnarumma is such a potato. I love him so much, man. The fucking guy. The fucking guy didn't even know. I didn't even know we had won. That's how you know you're fucking dialed in. I don't know. The, does that mean he was really dialed in or not dialed in enough? I think he was just so dialed in in, like the task. You know what I mean? Like Mike Tyson's trainer used to say when he was a kid. Like, you are nothing, you are the task. Just complete the task. That was like Gijo Going into that penalty against Bukayo Saka after Jorginho missed, I th- he claimed that he thought we had lost after Jorginho missed. So he was like, really not keeping track at all. Like, that was for the fucking win, right? And when Jorginho missed, we then still had a chance to win the tournament, win the game, win the shootout, win everything. And Gijo thought he was... Basically facing this shot to keep us alive. So doesn't the guy save the penalty, walk off like, yeah, motherfucker. I just kept us in this tournament while well, everyone is going nuts. People are running to him, jumping on him before he's even realized what happened. It takes him like three seconds to realize what's going on. And oh man, what just what but what a fucking cold photo op. And that's gonna live on forever. That is gonna live on forever. That's gonna be that's gonna be something that we think about in in, in five years, 10, 20 years. People are gonna post like really annoying throwbacks and say. Throwback to the time Gigio Donnarumma won the Euro for Italy and didn't realize he had done so. Like, let's be honest. Even even if that even if that even if that was his reaction to just keeping us in the game and keeping us alive, that's still a fucking cold reaction. Oh man. Well, what a fucking time it was to celebrate after the game too. Ran to the Italian neighborhood in Montreal or one of the Italian neighborhoods in Montreal. The RDP, absolutely nuts, absolutely fucking nuts. And um. It was. I mean, there were so many people. There had to have been fucking ten thousand people there. I mean, there were so many goddamn people that they had to shut down the streets uh, so that cars couldn't continue to pass because there would have been too many fucking cars backed up all the way down, like like for kilometers probably. So everyone had to get out of their car and walk the main stretch of this boulevard, and it was just just packed, packed, shoulder to shoulder with people in blue. And (laughs) there's no cell phone connection, so people are trying to call me and people I'm with, and no one's, no one's. No one's able to get through. And we're all fucking blasting Gloria. And, and here's the thing. The Pope was back. The Pope made another appearance. And <laughs> I actually spoke to him. We saw after we'd parked our car and we had gone on to the boulevard to celebrate and like just, just joined the lot of people just singing, dancing and running around and, and jumping around and playing, you know, playing music and shooting fireworks into the sky and climbing buildings and shit. We saw... We saw Pope Centorami on the back of a pickup truck with his arms spread wide, like, blessing everyone. People are going nuts. He's playing Gloria. And I could say his name now. I could reveal it because <laughs> because we spoke. And he said he wants to come on the podcast. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Gianluca Centorami, which is, again, a name that, not, that won't mean much to most people listening to this pod, but he's he's, he's a kid we know. Uh Nick Nick Gentilidi and I know from 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 high school who was a year younger than us and he's kind of become like a little bit I don't know he's kind of become like micro famous within the Italian community in Montreal because he was just this fucking motherfucker dressed as the Pope shooting fireworks into the sky well doesn't he get apprehended by the cops for allegedly allegedly shooting fireworks into the sky uh, then a bunch of people swarmed around him <laughs> and started chatting free the Pope free the Pope and eventually I don't know eventually eventually they uh, they let him go. And you guys ever see that fucking scene of, or not a scene, um, this is something that really happened. It wasn't a scene in a movie, sorry. But you guys ever see that clip of Coach K, the coach of, is it Kentucky, Kentucky uh, Kentucky basketball in like March, Ma- in the fucking NCAA March Madness tournament. You see that clip of Coach K just kind of shimmy in his shoulders into the dressing room after winning a tournament or winning a big game. And uh, and 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 all the uh, all the players going oh, right. I don't know if it was Kentucky or it might have been North Carolina basketball. I'm not even I'm not even sure. But but you you, you know the clip. You guys have all seen it. The the old the old coach in the suit kind of just. Slowly crawling shimmy in his shoulders back and forth and leaping into the crowd of players in the dressing room who just welcome him with open arms and they all go, ah! they start jumping up and down. Like that was that was Pope Chantarami getting released back into the crowd. It was like a scene out of the, the Wolf of Wall Street. It just <laughs> just someone jumping into the crowd and him and the crowd just swarming him. And I'm yelling, It's a miracle! It's an act of divine intervention. And um yeah, people are chanting "Free the Pope, San Genaro, San Genaro," because he looked like San Genaro, bro. So he he agreed to come on the pod. He's gonna come on the pod for a little legal uh, a little legal segment soon, probably. Um, when when he gets his ticket in the mail, apparently he's gonna get some kind of ticket in the mail for allegedly uh, shooting fireworks into the sky while dressed as the Pope. Not a very low key, not a very low key uh, move if you are gonna be. Um, <laughs> You are going to be doing something like that. Like, if you are going to shoot fireworks into the sky, which to be fair, a bunch of people are doing. But if you aren't going to do it, don't dress as the Pope. Like it definitely kind of leaves you a bit exposed. But I don't know. We're going to have a little legal segment and, and maybe kind of discuss things, and we're going to try to get the case thrown out, like we did with uh, with and the uh with the uh, with the local the local uh, the local fine he got uh, by the by the municipal cop. In uh, in my area, like a year and a half ago, when he got it thrown out a few weeks ago, so we'll we'll have to go two and zero uh, and and get uh, get the pope acquitted um, for allegedly having shot fireworks into the sky. Uh, I don't believe any such thing happened. I think there were actually two. There were actually two popes there, bro. There were two popes. I think it was the other pope. They got the wrong guy. There were two popes. We'll have to get somebody to testify. I'll testify under oath that there were two popes. There were two popes. There were one hundred percent two popes there. Yeah, there were two fucking popes. Um, anyway, so we'll get him on soon, but, uh, the celebrations were absolutely insane. It was great to see Italians celebrating all around the world. Um, man, I texted my, uh, I texted my cousin in, um, in our town in Cosenza or near Cosenza in Calabria, where my dad's from, um, at like 2 a.m. When I got back home, like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Rather, I texted him after the game, I think, cause we've been speaking beforehand and he answered me at like 2 a.m. Right when I got home and I'm like, what the fuck? 2 2 a.m. It's 8 a.m. In Italy right now. There's no way that that guy's up at 8 a.m. After the game ended at midnight. No fucking way. So I asked him, like, "Uh, sorry, did you sleep? You didn't sleep or what? He goes, no, no fucking chance. We partied all night. I'm going to work now. That's the shit you love to see, man. You know what else you love to see? You love to see the the fucking wogs in Australia. I think that's what they say down there. They don't say wops. They say wogs. I don't know why. With a G. But uh, shout out to the fucking Australian listeners. You guys are abundant and you guys are crazy cunts. I fucking love you all crazy cunts here yeah, down, down in australia yeah fucking wogs hey I'll tell you what i'm gonna do a party right we're gonna go down and watch the fucking italy game yeah We're gonna watch the azuri play we're gonna, we're gonna have a fucking party at five in the morning bro the game was on at like five in the morning down there i saw videos of people in melbourne like crowding around some piazza with with a giant projected stream of the match it's like a monday morning Guys are partying at nine in the morning after winning. It's what a start to their week that was. Just elite shit. Shout out to the uh, to the Australian listeners, man, who are, who are of Italian uh, Italian lineage. I know Melbourne is crawling with them. Um, yo, big up to Federico Bernardeschi, man. I want to give us Thrones of the Week real quick to anyone that said he shouldn't be in the team that fucking mocked this guy. I don't know if you guys saw after the game, he was crying. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you might have been crying too. I was fucking crying. Everyone was crying, right? But he was crying. Uh, when discussing how difficult the year he had and how people got on his back and shit and he was thanking people that had supported him. You know what, fucking... Questo è un okay? He is a fucking gentleman uh, by all accounts. He's had to go through a lot of adversity over the last year. And he didn't play a lot in the tournament, but he came on and scored two fucking goals to get us into the final and to win us the final. Um, what more can you say? Two great penalties from him. Uh, I don't know. Just, just, just Thrones of the Week to anyone that fucking shot on. Even people that shot hard on Chiro Immobile, right? Like some people said, like he's a is a disgrace and shit. Like, come on, come on. You can critique how he plays. You can look at it and say, okay, when he does this, it is ineffective. But he's a he's he's a fucking elite player. You understand why he's in the team? Like, it's not his fault that him being a not very effective hold up player is like the best option that we had at number nine, right? Like, there's no one better than Immobile to play that role. And we fucking won the tournament, and people were still mad. Like, I don't know. Yeah, throwns over the week to anyone like that. I, you know, Not a lot of people, I think, were, were, were still talking shit about them after the tournament, though. So kudos to them both for uh, for having the mental fortitude to to, to to power through. But especially Bernadeschi, who had a terrible time at you. But I'd like to see him have a second chance under Max Allegri. We'll get into some Serie A shit in, in a few days. But, um, yeah, man, just uh, b- b- big ups to, to, to Fede. Where do we go from here, man? Like, the Nations League is in a couple of short months, and it is in Italy. We are going to be playing games um, at at San Siro. I believe they are... Uh, yeah, no, the, the the Nations League semifinals will be in Torino at J Stadium and at San Siro, but Italy are only going to be playing their games at San Siro. We've got Spain in the semifinal again. What the fuck? Why don't we go and beat Spain a second time in the semifinal, eh? I'd love to be there. I would love to... I Listen, I, I, I was... I was hoping to have been able to go to the Euro, right? You're only young once, right? We, was, I was planning on a year ago, and it got a little bit complicated this year, but it's looking like it may be a little bit viable and a little bit more viable, I should say, in, uh, in, in October. And you know, you know what's one thing I'd love to go see? Is that Super Cup they're now planning with Argentina, who, shout out, won the Copa America. Very happy for Leo Messi to have won his first ever major international tournament for uh, his country, for, for Argentina, uh, in a lot of ways, yeah, you know, I, I like Argentina, man. I'll always pull for them in a Copa America because they're kind of like our little brothers in a, in a, in South America, or like our cousins, I should say. They're kind of like a you know they're like, kind of like a distant cousin culturally. They're very similar to us, but also the, there's a lot of Italians there who have populated Argentina. But yeah, that that Super Cup that they're planning, I don't know if it's gonna be a one off thing or if it'll be every four years now that the Copa America and the Euro are on the same um, the same cycle. Same cycle. Ooh, try saying that without thinking the two ladies in the same household get. Excuse me, <clears throat> the submarine. What is? What, what do they say? of it? Is, is it true, ladies that listen to this podcast? Is it is it true that? Is it true that if you live in the same quarters as someone, like if you're all like part of the same soccer team, or if you're all like, if you're all in the the the, the submarine core or whatever, like you guys all get onto the same cycle. I'm so fucking naive. I'm so ignorant. I don't know shit, man. It's no wonder, I've been able to hold a girlfriend for as long as I have. I have, i I know so little about women. It's actually a, a astounding how little I know. I'm so immature. I'm so immature too. There's nothing women love more than than, than immature jokes about um about the reproductive cycle. But uh, I fucking digress. Man, it's a, it's a good thing my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, uh, look, so so right, so so the Copa and the Euro are now on the same cycle. Uh, and, and I got to find another word. I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep, it's like, they're all the same. They're on the same, uh, what the fuck's the word? They're on the same, um, they're on the same, uh, schedule schedule. Yeah, whatever the same interval as, uh, the Euro now. So I would like to see a, a super cup between the North between excuse me, between the South American champions and the European champions, but, uh, yeah, apparently they're going to be playing a game at the San Paolo in Naples um, between Italy and Argentina in honor of Diego Armando Maradona because, of course, he is Argentinian, won a World Cup with them and played in Italy and gave his heart to the country. And, uh, you know, Italy kind of adopted him uh, and, and he kind of became, a, I don't know, Italy kind of became like his second home. So it's super appropriate that this game happened after he died so young uh, last year. I would fucking love to be at that game, man. That is a That, that will be a firecracker of a game. Um, but yeah, man, let's go on and win more fucking silverware now, man. That, my, the point I was making before early on the podcast was that, while I don't know that we'll necessarily continue to win year in, year out, we'll always be competitive now for as long as we have the current crop of players. Chiesa barella, Locatelli, come on, man, come on. Even Giorginio and Berrati have another, like, tournament cycle in them probably. They'll definitely be at the World Cup in a year, a year and a half. Yeah, I'm so excited for the World Cup in a year and a half now, man. It's not even normal. A- and look, what's great is there probably won't be a whole lot of change in this team. I wonder I wonder what Giorgio Cellini does now. I wonder if he, he, surely he has to retire now on top, right? He's not going to be selfish and just try to win the Nations League too, right? Like, I don't know. But, but listen, are you really going to kick him out right now after doing what he did? Having the game that he had in the final, like what's crazy is, what's crazy is like I, I saw this guy play at Juve for the past year, and I couldn't believe that he even got into the fucking Italy team. I swear to God, you know. I guess it made sense in retrospect that they take him. It would have been pretty nuts to not take a guy of his experience, but just like his body, man. I thought it had failed him a while ago, and here he still is. I don't know. I think here petition to only have kellini play national team games henceforth until he retires. I'm down with that. I'm fucking down with that. Why the hell not? And dude. One thing, one thing that made me laugh was, I don't know if you guys saw, I don't know if you guys know, but I mean, it's typical that when uh, you know a national team wins a major tournament, they'll get like bestowed some honor by the uh, by the president, whatever. Like I don't know, I mean, this this kind of like the equivalent of like a knighthood, which would have been pretty funny if every single one of those England players got a knighthood. They all became fucking Sir Harry Kane. You imagine? Can you imagine, Sir Jordan Pickford? How weird would that have been, <laughs> Sir Sir Phil Foden? Uh man. Well, whatever. Didn't happen, obviously. Man, a knighthood, Sir. How, how, how are the? Is that somehow associated to the royal family? I don't even know. Who 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 bestows a knighthood? Is it the Queen, or is it is it the Prime Minister in England? Oh fuck knows. But how how is the queen still a thing? How is the royal family still in existence in in two thousand twenty one in current year? <laughs> how, how the fuck? How do people still respect the monarch? How do people still care about the monarchy in Britain? I, I mean, I know it's a bullshit symbolic position now, but I couldn't help but think this before the game when they were like panning to Prince Harry and uh, fucking. Not Meghan Markle, who who's uh what's her name? Kate Middleton, and his, and his little son is it George? I don't know. I don't even know. It would be George though, wouldn't it? That's it's, it's very it's a very proper British name, isn't it? George, Sir George, Prince George. Um, <laughs> I mean that that kid that kid looks like I don't know, man. That kid is he's is, he's that kid looks like he um can ride a mean horse. And he's only what fucking three years old. That guy looks like he'll, he'll kick your ass in equestrian riding. Like, like, uh, why do people still care about the royals? I, and I love how uh, isn't isn't Prince William like the president of the FA or some shit? I mean, you know, like, if anything, that's the most important job that he has, or like the chair of the FA. I don't even fucking know. The guy's a Villa fan too, which is super random. But <laughs> how, are, how are they a thing? You have these fucking people that, that that talk about them on like Us Weekly and E News. I saw a podcast the other day because I saw that Prince Harry apparently was starting a podcast, which, you know, I say, I say, why do people even care about the Royals yet? Obviously, I mean, I, I, I I don't ignore news about them because I know that Prince Harry is coming out with a podcast apparently. But I mean, this is just, it's fucking, it's fucking hilarious. I I love that, I love that, 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 that ginger guy fucking Harry just turned his back on that whole lifestyle and brought his fire crotch ass over to America to, to go on Oprah. And <laughs> and start a podcast with fucking, I don't know, The Rock, The Rock Johnson, get Beyonce as a guest. I don't even fucking know who the fuck would feature on that. But, dude, so I'm looking up this podcast, and I came across this other one called Royals Body Lank- Excuse me. Fuck. No, I just fucked that up. No, this, this is the title of an episode. Stay with me. Okay? The podcast is called Royally Us. Harry, Megan, Kate, and I presume William. I don't know. It, it cuts off here on my uh, on my phone in the screenshot I took but royally us it's a podcast from us weekly discussing all things royal last week they talked about the royal's body language so get, get this i fucking i fucking love how you have people whose, who, whose livelihood it is to break down like what's going on in the palace get inside scoop speak to a fucking butler speak to a speak to the maid or some shit speak to a guard who who listened into a to a conversation where where fucking Liz, where fucking Queen Elizabeth, after after like, after 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 kicking her heels off, comes in from 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 a, from a civil duty, uh, you know, having a way to the crowd, and she's like, oh, I swear to God, dude, that, that fucking cunt Megan, man, she's she's gonna she's gonna rinse us for everything we've got. She's she she's gonna expose us for being the piece of shit we are, you know. She finally fucking exposing some cracks in the in the palace in the system there her son her son Andrew was uh, taking planes with Jeffrey Epstein last year and uh, doing God knows what with incredibly young girls super inappropriate but that 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 wasn't that wasn't enough to get her mad but 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 Megan Megan Markle uh, marrying her son some black some some black actress marrying her uh, her her grandson. That that was that was that was enough to shake uh, to shake the palace to the core. That's that's where their priorities lie. So fucking twisted. <laughs> the fucking royals, man. So again, this podcast from last week: Royals body language breakdown at Princess Diana's statue unveiling. Prince Harry and Prince William reunite at Princess Diana's statue unveiling, and an expert weighs in on their body language during the big event. Oh my god! <laughs> who the fuck? Who listens to this shit, man? like who i mean i i don't know i don't know like i i actually get the i get the public's obsession with footballers and their wives and where they went on vacation because you watch these people every week they mean something they're talented they 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 do shit that is meaningful to you you i mean even though, even though you don't know them you feel like you do so I, I don't know i just i i find it so fucking weird that people that people actually pay attention to what these motherfuckers do. They were just born into this shit, right? that's one fucking lottery that you win, man. You only got one. I mean, there's there's only there's only one Prince William. Imagine me being the heir to the throne of England. I mean, and it's and it's a meaningless title. So in a way, like your whole existence is kind of meaningless, and all you have, <laughs> and all you have is uh, patri- you know things to be patriotic about, like uh, the English national team making a final for the first time in 55 years and losing to a guy who didn't even know that he fucking beat you in goal (laughs) that's what you guys have to be fucking proud of that's what you guys have to be fucking proud of a bunch of hooligans forcing themselves into the ground and sticking firecrackers up their ass before the game (laughs) down in the piss yeah we're gonna force our way into Wembley that's England, man. That is England of the people. I mean, the, the royals are so disconnected from contemporary English culture. It's, it's fucking hilarious. I honestly, I kind of I kind of respect the fact that they're still around. The fact that they've kind of... I mean, everyone knows it's bullshit, but the fact is, I mean, they, they, they're, they're still around doing their thing, and people are still bound for them and shit. You know? Like, if someone doesn't bow for them, you don't go to jail, right? But people still do it. I don't know. I find it fucking hilarious. Man, how the fuck did I get onto that? What were we talking? Oh right, um, the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic. Right. Okay. So, so the the, the World Cup team in two thousand six got bestowed the um, um ordine ordine merito della Repubblica Italiana or whatever the OMRI, right? That that shit that you'll see on their Wikipedia page. If you search up Gianluigi Buffon, it'll say Gianluigi Buffon or OMRI ufficiale or whatever the hell it says. So a bunch of the players on the team. Got bestowed with the title of Cavaliere uh, of the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic. But Chiellini, as the captain, got bestowed the honor of Ufficiale, which is the same as the entire World Cup-winning side in 2006. And then I think they gave Mancini like the Grande, the Grand Ufficiale, or the Grande Ufficiale Order of Merit, which is uh, like the second highest level, I think, uh, in the in the hierarchy of, um, of, of of honors you could receive uh, as part of the Italian Order of Merit. But then Gianluca Vialli got one between the ufficiale title that Chiellini got and uh, the one that Roberto Mancini got. He got bestowed the title of commendatore, which when I saw just reminded me of fucking Pauly Walnuts <laughs> from The Sopranos. I remember that episode when he goes to fucking Naples and he calls and he goes, Buongiorno, commendatore, ciao paisan. <laughs> so I just like I think I don't know I'm just I'm just like for some reason I, I just had this vision of Gianluca Vialli with his little with his little his little beret sipping a coffee in in uh, in, in in Naples going commendatore. Then you have poor Matteo Berrettini with them after he lost the Wimbledon final um, to not get bestowed any honor because you know whatever you don't get an honor for losing stuff but he you know he was kind of because he was playing the final on the same day as Italy were playing the final at Wembley. He was playing at Wimbledon like earlier that morning, right? They kind of included him as a throw-in to the festivities and shit, which obviously, very impressive uh, feat for him to have made it to the final. Obviously, Novak Djokovic is, uh, is, is awesome. probably the best probably the best tennis player of all time. If not, he's, he's, he's one of the top two, three, four. So, you know, whatever. He's a younger guy. His time will come, hopefully. But it was so funny to see him there as part of it. Dude, I was watching Wimbledon earlier that morning. Before the final with Mango, uh, when when I was giving him a, was giving him a little giving him a little pregame trim, yeah, um, dude. The the if you watch tennis, if you ever have a tennis game on, or, or just just fire up highlights from from the Wimbledon final, just look at the ball boys. Pay attention to the ball boys and the ball boys alone. It is so fucking hilarious. They they are they're like in fucking four point position. They're like in a four-point stance, like they're about to take off in a 100-meter sprint at all times. As soon as the ball gets hit into the net, they go recoup it, right? Obviously, everyone knows that. Like, probably the first time you watch tennis as a kid, you'd see these little ball boys running through, and you'd find it funny. But actually, pay att- don't watch the action. Pay attention to them and only them for like two minutes. I guarantee you, you will bust out laughing. It is impossible not to. It's impossible not to bust out laughing. Just look at these these two motherfuckers under the hot, beaming sun, sprinting at top speed across the net to recoup this ball in a little polo and their little white socks. It, it, it's 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 probably better, arguably better than 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 than, than actual football to watch. But uh, yeah, man. Listen, I, I'm really glad that I was able to, to clear my head and do this podcast. It feels good to to be back and. Look, uh, I'm getting behind on the Serie A news. Now, we're not even going to talk about Serie A or, or only in Italy or any of that shit. There's been a lot of stuff going on, but we're going to defer it a few days. Uh, let's just ride out this 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 vibe a little longer. It's going to be a great summer. It's going to be a summer. I'm declaring this the Summer of Giorgio. The Summer of Giorgio for uh, Seinfeld fans. Oh, man. It really is going to be, a, you know, estate italiana. It is going to be an azzurro summer. It is Italian boy summer. I hope you guys realize. Well, I'm going to fucking Greece in a month, and uh, I will be I will be I will be representing the the, the the Italian cause the entire time I'm there. I'm bringing I'm bringing I'm not even a big jersey guy, dude. I I I put a flag out um, of my bedroom window after we won. Normally, this flag is situated in a workout area that we have in our basement at the house. We have this little gym set up. And to kind of give off Jersey Shore douchebag vibes, we leave this flag up so that if anyone wants to come work out in the gym, they see this big Italian flag and, 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 and they know what's up. Like every douchey Italian-American that just wants to talk about how Italian they are and shit, you know, We so we, we leave it down in the gym. But... Uh, I picked it. I picked it off the wall and I I hung it out my window after we won. And I gotta say, my, my grandfather actually was not happy. I thought he was gonna be very proud, but instead he was like, "No, no, no!" Like he was telling me, "Take that down right away." Like, like it's over. The party's over. No, no gloating. And I was like, "Nah, fuck that." I'm sorry. I love you, but we're keeping this out for. I'm keeping this out for a few weeks at least. Like this is this is this is our summer to enjoy now, man. This is an all summer type thing. If you don't if you don't think that the players are going celebrating this all summer, like we're doing the same, man. Every single fucking Every single fucking party you go to now, you gotta play Gloria all summer. You gotta play Notte Magiche. Uh, so enjoy it, man. Drink it up. Drink it in. Enjoy winning a title, man. Enjoy winning a title. Enjoy being. Uh, enjoy being proud to be Italian. Why the fuck not? Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be getting back into action soon. Turin Giants will be recorded uh, probably soon as well. Um, for for Juventini listeners out there who uh, who like listening to me on uh, on uh, the other pod that I do. Um, the, on the partisan one, the, 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 Bianconero partisan one. Um, but yeah, a lot of city on news to get to soon in the coming days. Listen, it's been, it's been an incredible few weeks. I I'm, I'm still not really in full. I don't think I've yet fully processed exactly what has happened, but I'm just so happy, man. There's nothing else to say. You know, no cynicism this week, no stupid shit, no stupid observations. That'll come very soon. I have a lot planned this summer, guys. I have a, I have a number of people I'd like to get on, and I have some fun segments planned throughout the summer. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of fucking football to talk about and a lot of Calcio. Um, we'll, 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 we'll leave the national team aside for a few weeks, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we might keep playing Gloria every time it's national team break every, every time there's like a fucking international break or like every time maybe maybe we'll revive it again in the world cup in 2022 or maybe even the nation's league we'll, we'll see maybe maybe not i don't know but but keep playing gloria all summer keep enjoying um this uh this incredible victory keep just just reveling in its beauty but you know we'll we'll, we'll move on a little bit here from the and we'll talk a little bit about seria but a lot of other fun shit I have planned. Some bits I, I want to do, some some gripes I have. I'll be getting to all that throughout the summer. So worry not. Pods will still be coming uh, periodically throughout the summer. Sort of randomly. Not really going to be on any specific schedule until City A starts, at which point it will likely get back more regular. But uh, yeah, you can continue to expect regular pods all summer. Merch is coming soon. Um so do stay tuned for that. You can get at us on all platforms, listeners, at cultural Podcast on TikTok. We are more active on TikTok now. Or I'm going to try to be anyway. I don't know. I say I am, and I'm fucking... I go through these periods of wanting to post a lot and a little... Follow us there anyway, on TikTok, at cultural Podcast on Twitter, at cultural Podcast and on Instagram, at cultural Podcast. You could like our Facebook page, which is The Cultural Podcast. Keep the beautiful messages coming, man. I love you all. Thank you for uh, thank you for your inpa- thank you for your patience and I, and thank you for your impatience. I know a lot of you were getting a little impatient with the wait, but I assure you, I needed it in order to kind of fully gather my thoughts. I'm happy I did wait. Um, I don't feel like I didn't strike while the iron was hot. I feel like the iron will be fucking hot all summer, baby. It's Italian boy summer. I we talk about the Azuri any fucking time we want now. So. But thank you, for, uh, thank you for waiting. Thank you for your patience. And um, and uh, thanks for supporting the pod throughout the tournament. It's been great. Um, and much love to you all. Okay? A lot of fun stuff still fucking planned. So subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet. Rate us five stars if you're listening to us on uh, on Apple. Turn on notifications if you're on Spotify. I think you could fucking do that. I don't know. Keep tuning in. Keep tuning in throughout the summer. A lot of goodies coming. Um, and yeah. Stay tuned for merch. Stay tuned for merch. Gonna be sending a uh, PFT commenter some merch actually from uh, from Barstool because he's a big fan of Federico Chiesa. He was posting about him all throughout the tournament, and dude, I I kind of got a little bit in over my head. I said I would send him a jersey, and he liked it, and I I spoke to him, and he he's expecting a Chiesa jersey. Bro, they're they're fucking backordered until November now, <laughs> so I might have to. I don't know. I, I'm gonna send him one, but it's it's not gonna get there for a while. So I'm gonna send the guy some. Uh, some uh, some merch and a nice letter in the meantime. And uh, yeah, I fucking love that guy. So be uh, be prepared. You guys can rock the Cultural Podcast merch. Like PFT Commenter, the fucking god uh, of Barstool Sports. Uh, very soon. Very, very soon. That will be coming very shortly. Stay tuned. I'll be posting about it on social media. And when it is available, I will uh, re-announce it on the pod. Again, much love to you all. Ban. What are we going to go out to this week? I think we got to go out to something really, like, really corny. The, 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 so many throwback songs were brought back into the fray this past month. I I fucking saw, like, videos to La Vita E eh, by Neck and Giulia on TikTok. And I don't know. I'll have to bring back a classic. I can't bring back Toto Coutinho, like, L'Italiano. That's way too fucking classic. Or, you know what? Maybe we will. I don't know. We're going to go out to something classic here. Eh, eh. Eh, maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I, I, either way, we're, we're gonna play the whole song out. So enjoy, bump to it. Actually, you know what? No, no. I know what we're gonna go out to. It's not a classic. Um, nah, it's it's not it's not a 20th century classic. It's a it's a more contemporary one. But I think it I think it fits the mood as the tournament ends. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go out to that one. Enjoy. We got we got a little gazelle, um, to close out. Euro 2020. It was a great fucking tournament, guys. Um, What more is there to say? It was a lot of fun. Now let's uh, look back on it with this beautiful track that I picked for you to get in your feels. Listeners, I love you all. Tune in throughout the summer. We got more shit coming. Keep on singing Gloria. Keep on enjoying this victory. Keep on being proud to be Italian. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.
1: Settembre è un mese di merda per ricominciare, cominciare a tornare, cominciare a guardare. Mille sogni negli occhi, un paio di occhiali rotti, una canzone da fare. Così puoi sdrammatizzare, che poi è meglio di odiare, che poi è meglio di amare. Settembre è un mese di merda per ricominciare. perdonare tuo padre rimandare l'impegno e rimanere a parlare così puoi dimenticare che poi è meglio di dire che poi è meglio di fare settembre è un mese perfetto per ricordare Più bello se lo vedi da qui Sì, i miei occhi coi tuoi Molto meglio di un figlio